Hello and welcome to The Good Robot Andy's Season 8, Episode 11. I don't know what Andy was doing there trying to make me laugh, but it worked. My name is Andy Balaam and this is... Andy Cockerill. And the thing that we're going to do this evening is... Well, two things, actually. We're going to, we're going to talk about an Oscar-winning movie, because it was the Oscars last night, listener. Right, if, which we officially don't care about, which is why we talk about it so much. Exactly, yes. Uh, we're going to talk about an Oscar-winning movie and about the winners from last night, because we did talk about um, what a what a game changing year it was for the nominees a little while ago. Right, 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 right. All right. So, um, maybe we so we're going to talk about, about uh, maybe maybe some of that game changing actually came to pass last night. Okay, um, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. <coughs> well, are we going to talk? What we're we going to do? We're going to talk about a film first. Uh, no, I think we should talk about the um, the winners okay. first, and then okay, we'll go definitely. into the movie. Yeah. Tell so me, yeah, because I, I heard some names and none of them meant anything to me. So you know. Okay, so last night um, the ceremony took place. I heard a rundown of it uh, just before come coming to do this recording actually because I didn't mm-hmm. watch it because I don't tend to stay up late unless I have to and I didn't have to. So, mm. I um, stay up late at any opportunity, but I don't yeah. think the Oscars would count as an opportunity for me. But apparently the ceremony was very good. It was directed by Steven Soderbergh, which is. Uh, which is cool. So it was very how, cinematic. How do the ceremonies have directors? Well, they always have a director who you know directs the content and makes sure that everything okay. looks nice. And so apparently it looked very nice. It looked very cool. Okay. Um, so best picture. Uh-huh. The choices were Nomadland, The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Uh-huh. Um, and the two out of that list that I thought, well, maybe three that I thought would go on to win it, I thought Nomadland had a very good chance. Mm-hmm. Um, Mank had a good chance because that's all about the making of Citizen Kane, and right. Hollywood loves movies about making movies. Yeah, uh, Minari had an outside chance. Except they didn't um, like that Coen Brothers one, did they? No, no. Um, Hail Caesar. Yeah. I enjoyed Hail Caesar. I'd like to watch that again sometime, actually. Would that it were so simple? Would that it would that it were? No, 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 mind, boy. You said twer. Say twer. 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 Yeah, I've never watched it. Uh, it looks all right though. Um, and then the latter move, the latter things on that list had an outside chance, but the winner was Nomadland, which mm-hmm, was mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a surprise to nobody. I think it was, um, you know, hotly tipped. To win that Listener, one. Listener, it's, uh, it's April 2021, in case you're... you're in case you're that. wondering, yeah. Uh, best Actress uh, nominated was Frances McDormand, uh, Viola Davis, Andra Day, Vanessa Kirby, and Kerry Mulligan. So everyone thought that Kerry Mulligan might get that one, but in the end, Frances McDormand won that one for Nomadland. Okay, okay. okay. Um, best Actor. Now, this one was controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, so of the list, we got Sir Anthony Hopkins, mm-hmm. Riz Ahmed, Chadwick Boseman. So that would be a posthumous one because Chadwick Boseman sadly died last year. Um, Gary Oldman and Stephen Yeun from The Walking Dead. Stephen Yeun. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. What was what film was he in? He was in Minari. Okay. This was controversial because it. it Everybody wanted it to go to Chadwick Boseman. Um, because he died. Because he died, and because he made the film, the film that he was in that was nominated for, which is Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. He had stage four cancer when he made that film, and nobody knew about it. Wow. And it's just this epic kind of battle against disease whilst putting in a really great performance in a film. But mm. in the end, Sir Anthony Hopkins won a second Academy Award. He's 83. He's now the oldest male Best Actor winner. Mm-hmm. Um, Increasing the diversity credentials of these Oscars. Yes, I know. Uh, awarding a, uh, awarding a, um, and he paid tri- an He did. He wasn't there in a very person. Old person. He was the only um, only of the big four actor, well, of the four acting gongs that wasn't there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he is eighty three, and there is a pandemic on, so I can kind of understand that. Yeah, um, but he did pay tribute to Chabit Boseman, and, and you know, his, um, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, best supporting actress, we had. Um, I'm going to mangle this name now. I'm very sorry if I do that. Uh, Yu Jung Yoon from Minari, uh, Maria Bakalova, 
who was nominated for Borat's subsequent movie film. Wow, I'm surprised yeah. that got nominations. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy. Olivia Coleman nominated again for The Father. And Amanda mm. Seyfried for Mank. And in the end, that went to um, uh, Yu Young Yoon for Minari, which is great. That's great. That's an outside winner, I think. Right. Uh, so we come on to Best Supporting Actor. This is a cool one. So we've got Daniel Kaluuya, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen is nominated, Leslie Odom Jr., Paul Racy, and Lakeith Stanfield. Now, what's interesting is that Lakeith Stanfield and Daniel Kaluuya were both nominated for the same movie All right. in supporting roles. Uh, but in the end, Daniel Kaluuya won that one, which is a big deal. He's the what first. Uh, that's for Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the first black British actor to win Best Supporting Actor at the Oscars. Um, he's right. a terrific actor. He was in. Have you seen Get Out? Yes. yes. Yeah. So he's the he's the main lead in Get Out. Right. 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 Yeah. He's good. He's very good. I'm pretty yeah. sure I've seen him in other things as well. Yeah, he's been in other stuff. Um, and then uh, Best Director. We had uh, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, Thomas Vinterberg for Another Round, David Fincher was nominated for Mank, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, and Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman. And the winner of that was Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. So another mm-hmm. female um, Best Director winner. I think she's now the second after Catherine Bigelow for The Hurt Locker, mm-hmm. which was... Right. I don't know how long ago that was now. Over 10 years, it's pretty I old day, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so you're going to have to tell me a bit about Nomadland when we finish doing this. I will. I haven't seen it yet, but I will tell you a bit what I know about okay. it. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, best original screenplay. We had Emerald Fennell, um, Judas and the Black Messiah, which is Will Burson, Shaka King, Will Burson, Kenny Lucas and Keith Lucas. Minari, Lee Isaac Chung, Sound of Metal and Trial of the Chicago 7 for Aaron Sorkin. And in the end, that went to Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman, which is getting great reviews by the way right, right, right. Uh, best adapted was went to Christopher Hampton and Florian Zeller for The Father that's a safe was choice was that adapted from a book is that adapted from that? A, a play I think I think that one oh Maybe but what's book. the award for is it adapted from anything Adap- adapted screenplay yes okay. it could be anything it could be anything okay, okay. best anim- animated feature was Soul which is the Pixar movie that came out last year all right. That was up against Onward, which is another Pixar movie. Oh, no, that's a Disney. Maybe that's a Disney. Uh, Over the Moon, uh, Shaun the Sheep movie Farmageddon was nominated for an Academy Award, but didn't win. <laughs> They're still making them. And Wolfwalkers, which is the latest cartoon saloon um, cell animated thing. We, we talked about one of their movies a few years ago now, which was Song of the Sea. Right. Yeah. yeah, so Wolfwalkers is the that. same studio that did that. Best documentary feature was My Octopus Teacher, which I talked about on this pod a couple of weeks yes, ago, I did. think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that one best documentary feature. Right. Uh, best international feature was Another Round, which was Thomas Vinterberg movie. That's Danish movie, I think. Uh, uh, this will be of interest to you. Best original score. Winner for Soul. Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, and John Baptiste. Oh, I'm a, I'm a Trent Reznor fan, and he's, he often works with Atticus Ross on soundtrack stuff, doesn't he? That, that I think they exclusively work together on soundtracks, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they, they were nominated twice, though, so they were also nominated for Mank. So, right. quite a, so they're very yeah. much in, in the mainstream now for yes. movie yeah, soundtracks. I mean, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, they've worked with David Fincher for quite a few years now, right. but uh, when I finished, when we finished watching Soul, and I saw who did the soundtrack, I was like, "Wow, that soundtrack was nothing like anything I've ever heard them do before." Oh, really? It's really was it totally re- unnoticeable, or was it good? Or no, unnoticeable. I thought they did a great job on it in terms of you know providing a soundtrack that fits that movie absolutely perfectly. Right, but isn't that? Well, I don't know. Maybe for me as a fan, that's a little disappointing that you didn't. Not really. I think um, till the end. No, I think. Um, you would, I think you would enjoy Soul a great deal. It's right. visually and hourly a treat. Right. It's an absolute right. treat. Yeah, it's great. 
Yeah, I, I don't imagine he he knew what was going to happen next when he did the soundtrack for Quake 1. Yeah, it was a long time ago, wasn't it? Which I believe was his <laughs> first, like, soundtrack-type yeah. thing yeah. that he'd done, having been in, like, a... And then, you know, um, a, you know album artist the, before that. Of the technical awards, we'll just do one of them. Um, best visual effects, Tenet. Right. Um, so that's all it got? Yep. Just the one. Visual effects. Mm-hmm. I mean, the visual effects are jaw-droppingly good. Yeah, they're good. Um, so, that was the Academy Awards. That reminds me, I haven't watched Parasite yet. Wow. Well, have I? Did I watch it? I don't know. I think you'd know if you watched Parasite. <laughs> no. Yeah, I haven't. I've got it. It's great. Whoops. I just hit my mic stand. <laughs> There'll be a nice dong in the recording, though. <laughs> a little treat for you, listener. Yeah, it'd be like, what's we that? We won't take it out. What was that? Um, cool, so tell me why why I should care about any of this. Like, which of those films are good and, you know, stuff like that. Um, okay, so the, the, trial of, the Trial of the Chicago 7 is good. Uh, Borat's subsequent movie film is good. Really? Yeah. It is. It, it is good. Okay. Yeah. Why? Um, why? Because because once again, Borat is shining a light on prejudice and racism and nastiness. Right. Um, and some of it's really just deeply unpleasant, but you can't stop watching because people okay. are awful. <laughs> that doesn't sound very good. <laughs> um, but ultimately... You don't have to care about any of this stuff. I care about it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, but you don't have to. Okay, no, but uh, like, t- okay, so tell me about Nomadland. Like, you you haven't seen it, but you expect that, no. that is good. So I've heard a great deal about it. So it's it's about um, people who have been laid off from work or maybe retired, but they haven't got enough money to live on. So they pack all their stuff. They sell their house, or maybe they're renting and they can't afford to pay the rent anymore. So they move out. They move all their stuff into an RV and they just go driving and and get like seasonal work from place mm-hmm, to place. Mm-hmm. It's about that. It's um, the failure of the American dream, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, itinerant workers, but they're not immigrants. They're from mm-hmm. the United States. These people and they just mm-hmm. they can't afford to live, so they mm-hmm. just have to keep moving. It's about that, but it's supposed to be very very good. Mm. And you know, Francis McDormand is always good value. I think. Yeah, I'd like to watch that. Yeah. What was the Judas one? Judas and the Black Messiah is mm-hmm. about a an a guy, uh FBI agent who goes undercover to try and bring down the Black Panther movement. Mm-hmm. Get close to the leader of the Black Panthers, and the leader is played by Daniel Kalua. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so that's supposed to be very good. Right, but you haven't seen that either? I haven't seen that, no. I'm, I haven't seen many of these. I mean, I could see Mank. That's on Netflix. I just haven't watched it yet. Mm-hmm. Have have seen a movie we're going to talk about after this, though. And I have seen mm-hmm. The Trial mm-hmm. of the Chicago 7, yeah. Right. Which I enjoyed. But as I was watching the courtroom scene, I was thinking, I think in in terms of courtroom scenes, JFK did this so much better. Right. Even though that film yeah. is full of historical inaccuracies and... <laughs> And it's basically a conspiracy, conspiracy theorist wet dream, JFK. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the courtroom scene is incredible. Right. Yeah. Oliver Stone just just manages to, well, he, he just makes it sing for you basically, and you can't take your eyes off Kevin Costner. I think I might have seen it. I'm sure you have seen JFK. Probably. Yeah. Probably seen it. It's the, it's the movie that has just got this incredible supporting cast in it. Okay. Like everyone comes on screen and says, like, oh, him, and now him, and now him, and now him. <clears throat> it's the one that if you're playing Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, because Kevin Bacon is in it, mm-hmm. you just have to link them to JFK, basically. Right. Because <laughs> everybody's in okay. it. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, shall I crack on with today's movie? Yeah, so how did you feel? Did anyone really miss out, or was that... Was I think... Okay. I, the only thing that I'm really bothered about you know, I'm not bothered about the fact that, that Anthony Hopkins won another Academy Award, but I think mm. that they should have given it to Chadwick Boseman. 
Right, okay. That's the only one that really bothers me. But in the yeah. end, um, I think Hopkins is a, is a great actor and he must deserve it. So, But he just does such Oscar-y type films. I'm surprised to hear that's only his second one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that seems a bit tedious to me, but you know, well, I, I, I think that I think the fact that he won his first one for playing a a serial killing cannibal is um, mm-hmm. is cool. <laughs> frankly, it's surprising that all of his other very earnest performances Oops. haven't earned him. I just Oscars. I just clocked the mic stand again. <laughs> yes, uh, what things like Remains of the Day and and things I of don't that know. kind. Things that yeah. I wouldn't even watch because they just look too worthy. <laughs> Wow, you're on one today. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, eh, it's all too worthy. Oh no, but I was, I was um, uh, positive about him winning um, at an advanced age. As, yes. Uh, yeah, uh, I think from in terms of uh, human thriving <clears throat> and stuff like that. I think you know, winning here, winning an, an award at the age of eighty-three is is quite something. Yeah. Yeah. I know he listens, so I shouldn't take that personally. It's only his on-screen persona that I find irritating. I imagine if I met him in real life, he's he'd lovely, be charming. Yeah, he'd yeah. be charming. Yeah, yeah. There you go, Sir Anthony. We love you. So oh, hello sir, to Sir Anthony. Sir Anthony. Yeah, we don't know how to pronounce it, so we say it both ways every time. I mean, you hedge your bets, and you'll be fine. Yeah. Maybe. I'm going to carry on now. (laughs) So. We've reached the breakdown phase much, much earlier in the podcast than usual. The breakdown phase? What do you mean? Yeah, where it just all winds down and and eventually one of us goes, I think that's probably it. (laughs) But but I need to do some more talking now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We mustn't do that. No. Let's wind ourselves up and go for it. Let's get the energy going now. So I'm going to talk about an Oscar winner. One of the one of the movies that won two Academy Awards last night. Nice. This is Sound of Metal. Right. Which and I think it you is mentioned last time. I did. Time. Yeah. I think I talked about it last time, yeah. So, 2019 American drama film directed and co-written by Darius Marder and starring Riz Ahmed as a metal drummer. It's not really metal that they play. Um I'll, t- I'll just talk about that actually before we get into it. <laughs> it's not metal. It's <laughs> kind of like really nasty, aggressive, not actually not nasty, but quite noisy um, punk rock, really. It's not, it's not okay. definitely not metal. So okay. he's, so he's it, in a two piece band. Is it something like what the general public thinks of when you say metal? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> metal is, metal is quite a wide yes. range of stuff, isn't it? And I suppose you could, no, I wouldn't say this is metal, no. No, it's okay. n- it's not aggressive and driving enough to be metal. Okay, um, okay. It's something else entirely. But yeah, he plays in a very noisy two-piece band. Uh-huh. Is which, the music much of a feature of the of the film? Uh, it is at the beginning, yeah. But he starts to lose his hearing. Right. And that happens quite early on in the film. So we see them play like the end of a gig, like the last song in a gig, and we see how mm. noisy the whole thing is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, then, then there's some sort of character establishment that they're a, they're a couple. They're on mm-hmm. the road. They don't live anywhere. They don't have a home. They live in their um, very nice airstream um, recreational vehicle. Uh, mm-hmm, lovely old, mm-hmm. not probably 1950s, maybe 60s airstream um, mobile home, basically. When's and it they, set? It's set now, so it's okay. Okay, so yeah. it's very old. Nice. Yes, my it's okay. very nice. Yeah, so they they and they drive from gig to gig, and that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's that's how they live. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we establish that he is uh, possibly an addict, a recovering one. Mm-hmm. We also establish that she has done some self harming. Mm-hmm. So they're they're kind of a little bit messed up, you know. We establish mm-hmm. that they're a bit messed up, and mm-hmm. um, maybe they're not. Maybe they're not the best people for each other, but they are in this band together. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we see them get to their next sound check, he suffers uh, hearing loss. Mm-hmm. So his hearing goes. Uh, it doesn't go completely, 
but he has to go outside and and sort of try and figure out what's going on. Right. Um, and then when they start playing the gig, he loses his hearing almost completely. Right. So, um, and then he has to stop. And do you sort of hear that from his point of view? Yeah. So it changes to his po- point of view when this is happening. Right. And it's really pronounced, and you can see the anxiety and worry mm. in his face. Uh, so his um, his partner is played by Olivia Cook, who actually she was in a. Both of these actors have been in movies we talked about previously. All right. So Riz Ahmed was in Nightcrawler which we talked yep. about years ago now. Which I've actually seen. Which you've seen. And uh, Olivia Cook was in Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, in which she played the dying girl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. She was really great in that, but she's really good in this as well, in a, in mm-hmm. a supporting role. Right. Um, so it appears that he has basically lost his hearing. So she manages to get him an appointment with... Um, I know. He goes to a pharmacist to see if there's anything that can be done. Right. And whilst so this happens very quickly. I was very quickly. it to kind of fade no. out. Okay. It accelerates very quickly, yeah, to, to mm. sort of get the movie going. Mm-hmm. He goes to a local pharmacy and they get him an appointment with a doctor mm-hmm. to give him a hearing test. Um, presumably they don't have medical insurance or anything no, like that. No, nothing. So I mean, it's quite difficult to get treatment. Yeah, very difficult, yeah. Right. But he has a hearing test... Um, and uh, we see again that from his point of view. So we we see, we hear the doctor say words that he wants mm-hmm. him to repeat back to him, mm-hmm. and then we hear that from his perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's like totally different. You know what we can mm-hmm. hear from his perspective is almost nothing. Right. And he's really just concentrating really hard on these, on to try and say these things back right in the right way, mm-hmm. but he's getting most of them wrong. Right. Right. So at the end of it, he's sitting with the doctor, and the doctor says, "Okay, um, you know, whether due to the fact that you've been doing this loud stuff, or whether you've got a genetic problem with your ears, it doesn't matter. Either way, you've got twenty percent, less than twenty percent of full hearing." In mm-hmm, both ears. Mm-hmm. And right. that can only get worse as you punish your ears more. Right. So you've got to stop um, mm-hmm. immediately. But he doesn't. Um, right. They do another gig and then he it gets worse, basically. Mm-hmm. So he can, mm-hmm. you know, it immediately gets worse. Um, so his girlfriend finds him via his, uh, I think he's got a, Oh, no, I'm trying to think of the word. If you are a recovering addict and you have uh, like a counsellor, um, so his counsellor, a, a sponsor, that's it, yeah. yeah. His sponsor uh, knows of um, of a retreat where people who are, you know, either born deaf or have been afflicted with, with losing their hearing can go and just learn to be deaf. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, right, right, right. Uh, he says, uh, I've got you a place there and they're, and they're waiting for you. And you need to go there now. Mm-hmm. Um, so she is um, she is going to, um, I think, meet up with with their record label, uh, and he goes to this retreat. Oh no, no, they both go there. Then she has to leave. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and whilst he's there, he just pushes back against the whole thing. He doesn't want to engage with it at all. Right, right, right. But eventually, he does start to engage with it. And so they're tra- they're trying to teach sign language and how to cope with different. Yeah, things they and teach stuff sign like. language. They have no. So when they're teaching sign language, they say no voices. Mm-hmm. So they do this thing where they have a switch. I'm doing a mime here, but it's like a I'm mm-hmm. miming someone flicking a switch on your voice box. Mm-hmm. And what they're saying is that for the people who can speak, they shouldn't speak. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everybody should be signing mm-hmm. as if everybody else can't speak. Yeah, um, and he, uh, you know, he has a bit of difficulty with that. So yeah, it's it's basically a school that has been set up to help deaf children and de- and people who and adults who have become deaf or hearing impaired mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. teach them how to live in in society. Mm-hmm. And to communicate mm-hmm. with other people, how to lip read, 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he pushes back against some of this, but he does start to engage with it. He's, he starts to teach drumming to kids. Right. Um, because although he can't hear it, he's still got rhythm, so he can still figure mm-hmm. out how to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lovely scene when uh, there's a pianist uh, playing the piano, and all these kids are got their heads on the piano, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, they're touching it and they're kind of feeling the vibrations of the notes because they can't actually hear it. Mm-hmm. That's really quite amazing, actually, to see that. Mm. Um, but he he is kind of hung up on the fact that he wants to get his hearing back and he wants to play music again. Right. right, right. So he's heard about these implants that you can have. Right. Um, I think they're called cochlear implants. That so that's right. They bypass your ear canal completely, mm-hmm. um, and they kind of give you an ele- electronic version of sound, basically a, yeah. a sampled version of sound. Uh, but it's in no way as good as mm-hmm. the human mm-hmm. ear. Mm-hmm. But he sells the RV. He sells all of his all of their recording equipment without her mm-hmm. knowledge. She doesn't right. know any of this is going on, uh, and he has the implants. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they turn them on, it's terrible. You know, it's, it's, right. um, it's like, oh, yeah, I can hear you, but it's really bad. And she says, okay, let me just change it a bit. So she changes some settings. Mm-hmm. She says, is that any better? And he's like, no, it's weird. And she says, well, that is as good as it's going to get. Because mm. it's never going to be as good as what you had before. Yeah. And he's kind of realizing now that maybe he's made a massive mistake in doing this right, right. He, he goes back to the to the to the retreat and he says to the main guy there look i've had the had the operation and the main guy says well that's great but you can't be here anymore because everybody here is learning to live with being deaf mm-hmm. and you've just gone ahead and done that that then makes them feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. so you have to leave but before he leaves, he says, well, look, okay, I will go, but can you lend me some money? I need to pay. I need to buy my RV back. Mm-hmm. And the guy says to him, you're, you're acting a lot like an addict right now. And right. he's like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I just need some money. I just need some money to, to get by kind of thing. And he doesn't give mm. him any money. He doesn't give him anything. Yeah. So he leaves. Um, he's sold everything. He's basically got nothing. But he's got enough to buy a plane ticket to um, Paris, where his girlfriend is. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he gets there, it appears that she's moved on. So she, you know, she hasn't she hasn't got a new boyfriend or anything. But but she's got a haircut. She stopped self harming. She's kind of happy. Right. And he starts to realise that maybe. He's made two big mistakes. Or maybe, maybe he was bad for her. Maybe he was bad for her. Yeah. And he shouldn't have had those cochlear implants. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes to a party and it's very noisy with these implants and he can't really hear what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last scene we see of him is he goes to a park and we hear the sound through his implants as if, you know. Mm-hmm. It's harsh sound of birds singing and the wind blowing and mm. kids playing. Mm. And he just turns them off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the camera holds on him for quite a long time, actually, as he stares into the middle distance. And you can see the thought going through his head. It's like, I actually prefer it with the sound off with that, without that harsh metallic electronic right. sound. Because mm. now I can take in what's going on around me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and the movie ends. Wow. It's quite heavy. something, this. It is heavy stuff, yeah, but it's very powerful. And it's very true to life in terms of if you are afflicted with any kind of hearing loss or have been afflicted with hearing loss in the past, um, then it's all very straight down the line true in terms of what happens right. to you. Right, right, right. Um, so I used to play the drums in a band. I've played the drums in a couple of bands. 
Um, I never never wore ear protection. Mm-hmm. And playing the drums is basically like having a pneumatic drill going for, you know, if you're in a re- rehearsal room, it could be for like a couple of hours. Yeah. Um, and uh, so my, now my hearing is suffering because of that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I have tinnitus in, tinnitus in both ears, which is steadily getting worse. Right. Um, and some hearing loss. So I really felt for him when he when he mm-hmm. started to lose his hearing. I mean, he, the hearing loss he has is massively accelerated in terms of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It tends not to go that quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is very true in terms of that's what happens. Is it suddenly just like, oh, wow, lost a frequency. Right, right. Uh, um, yeah, it's great stuff though. Riz Ahmed is amazing in it. So he learned to play the drums for this movie, right? And uh, he's you know he's a decent drummer. He could probably play in a band quite happily, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, Olivia Cook is great. Some people in it. are a bit sickening. Yeah, I know. Yeah, um, yeah, it's great stuff, and it is, it is good. It's really, really good. Yeah. yeah, the sound of metal, it which won two good. two Academy Awards. Sounds it sounds heavy. Yeah, it is. But heavy. like, yeah, if I could, if I could make myself watch it, I'd be glad that I had. I think. Yeah, I've I think you would. About yeah, I'm just humanity. looking up what it won. Um, sound of metal, sound of metal. Um, so it won best film editing. And best sound, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is richly deserved on the sound, right, right, right. Um, because so, you know because the movie is about someone with hearing problems. The movie is very sound oriented. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. so it, it sounds like it connected with you directly because because of the the hearing loss thing. Yes, yes. Um, but my the, my question is, did it did it also connect with you? You know, I mean, is it? It sounds like it's something about like, like I don't know, learning, learning to be the person you are, not the person you want to be, or I don't know, something yeah, like that. Is it, did it connect to you sen- on that? On that yeah, level? yeah. There's definitely a sense of that. Yeah. So that it's he doesn't, at least when he goes to the retreat, he he doesn't want to engage with it. Then he does start to engage with it, but he's still thinking that he's lost something. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. he can't cope with that loss. Uh, whereas everyone around him is just getting on with it. But he's not mm-hmm. really. And, it, and and in that way, he's stuck in a moment. Right. He, he's stuck. And is in the a, addiction yeah. thing relevant for, for the whole... It's relevant it to him. Like just a, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely relevant to him. So he he is a former... Well, actually, actually the, the, the guy who runs the retreat asks him, what drugs mm-hmm. did you do? And he said, mm-hmm. everything, <laughs> mm-hmm. mainly heroin. So, mm-hmm. you know, big stuff, nasty stuff, stuff that can but kill then now, you. Now, is he, is he addicted to being able to hear or is he addicted to his previous life? Or, you I know, think, when he was so, saying you're behaving like an addict. What, so what I think mean? that he is, is that the playing of the music and maybe the relationship he had with um, mm. his girlfriend was his addiction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that's what he wants to get back. Right. But when he has the implants, he realizes that he can never get that back. Mm. And he's mm. made a massive mistake. Um, and I read a I read a, an article that came out like the day after this movie was released, um, saying uh, with musicians talking about what it's like to lose your hearing. Mm-hmm. And people and one of them said it's like losing a limb. Mm. You know, it's it's really that catastrophic. Yeah. Um, but some people can get past it with hearing aids and and things of that kind, uh, and learn to adapt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. I think it's really interesting to think about the addiction thing. You know, because like often when we think about addiction, it's kind of obvious that the thing you're addicted to is bad, right? Yes. But I can imagine. A, it kind of makes sense as a way of thinking about things as well. If it's not something that's bad, it's just something that you can't have anymore. Yes, right? quite. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess a, a relationship might apply there. You know, some relationships are very good 
and then if you're not in one anymore you can't have it anymore and then you yeah. can start behaving like an addict towards that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So the yeah the kind of desperate behaviour of selling everything to go and buy these things and then asking mm. the guy, I just need a, some money. It's quite a lot of money that he needs, you know. Mm. Mm. It's like twenty five mm. grand or something. And nobody's mm. going to lend you twenty five grand. That's crazy. Well, certainly not in pursuit of something that you can't have anyway. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 It's mm. it's great. Wow. It, Sounds yeah. really sad. It it. Well, yeah, but but it ends on a hopeful note in that he is he's kind of become resigned to the fact, I suppose, that he can't ever get it back again. Mm-hmm. But he's mm-hmm. also, when he goes to Paris, he sees that his girlfriend has moved on mm-hmm. and she's happy and that maybe he needs like, to apply himself elsewhere, basically. It sounds like he's in the like, acceptance phase of yes. grief. Yes, at, exactly. At yeah. Yeah, I suppose this is a movie about grieving. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so grieving for the loss of your hearing and also the loss of your lifestyle as mm. well. Yeah. Yeah. That maybe wasn't the most healthy one, to be fair. Mm. Mm. Um I mean I I love playing music and I I imagine that um if I'd been in his situation being a young man in an RV going from gig to gig, I'd probably be quite happy doing that, to be honest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't think it would be all that healthy, really. Yeah. I don't think you'd be living your best life <laughs> on the road <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Certainly, when you, when you hear full-time musicians talk about touring, they definitely need a break from it from time to time. Well, it, I mean, I, I think there are... You could probably count hundreds of bands who've lost members on the road because they just can't handle mm-hmm. it anymore. Mm-hmm. And some sometimes band members just leave mid-tour because they can't hack it and they get replaced mm-hmm. by somebody else or mm-hmm. they just kind of muddle on. But yeah, I mean, particularly if you're touring the United States maybe for months on end and you never see anywhere apart from your bus and a, and a venue, that takes a toll. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's got to take a toll on your on your psyche. Mm-hmm. I just hit the mic stand again. This is really badly placed. <laughs> That's three for three. <laughs> cool. Cool. Yeah, it does sound good. It is good. Yeah, highly recommend. Highly recommended. What you can't really get across in words uh, fully is the the um, experience of listening to it and hearing the. The way the sound, yeah. So the sound design is is amazing, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's very it's very cleverly handled. So when he when they arrive at the the retreat, um, it doesn't give you subtitles for the people who are signing. So he goes to this um, Mm -hmm. like support class of new people, and there are some people there who can already sign, Mm -hmm. but doesn't give you any sub, sim, um, subtitles for what they're signing to each other. Right. So you're kind of feeling what he's feeling. Yeah. Which is like, what are these people saying about me? Yeah. <laughs> kind oh, of thing. Man. You don't see yeah. subtitles until a bit later when he starts to learn sign language. Right, right, right. right, right. Um, but before that, you feel really anxious that, yeah. uh, you know, that he doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, that's very clever. Yeah. God, it sounds harrowing. Yeah, I suppose it is a bit. Yeah, I suppose it is a bit. But the performances like are great. That. I do like a bit of harrowing, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Highly recommended. And an Oscar winner. Hooray. Yeah. Yeah. Hooray. Cool, thank you. That's all right. You're very welcome, as ever. What have you been Listener. watching? Uh, well, we watched all of... Um, a series on Amazon Prime called Them. Okay. Um, which is a series about a set in the 1950s mm-hmm. in Los Angeles in which a black family uh, moves from uh, one of the southern states. I can't remember which one because I'm terrible. Uh, they moved to um, Compton in Los Angeles which at mm-hmm. this time 
was um, exclusively white neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They move there and they get basically brutalized by their neighbors. Mm -hmm. But there's also some supernatural stuff going on as well. All right. Um, so I would say this this show goes to some very, very dark places. Right. Stuff that I've never seen on television before in terms of how nasty some of it is. Right. Um, but it is uh, pretty effective at what it does. Mm. Yeah. I, can't, I don't really want to go into the stuff that happens in it because it's so nasty. Mm. Um, I can't say that I enjoyed most of it all that much. I found mm -hmm. a lot of it quite an ordeal. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, the performance in it, performances in it are so strong that that's what carries it through. Um, if it was a bit hokey and badly done, then I probably wouldn't mm -hmm. have watched it all. But it's all very, very well done and very well put together. Right. But it is definitely tough going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Definitely tough going. And it confronts racism head on. Right. Doesn't make any bones about it at all. It says, this is what racism is. This is what it looks like. And it's nasty. And it's divisive. And people get what's, hurt. What's the film I'm thinking of where a family move in, a black family move into a white neighborhood in America in about the 1950s? Mm. And... Uh, like the neighbors try and get rid of them and are really, really horrible to them, but that's not the main plot. I don't know. Like there's the, that's just kind of happening in the background. Okay. And the the story centers on. Oh, I think it's a Coen Brothers. Is it Coen Brothers? Is it? Um, story centers on the, the little, the young child of the family who befriends the. Neighbor's child. I, I have not I seen. I can remember this very little about it. Can you remember who's in it? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> well, listener, your mission, should you choose to accept <laughs> it, is to try and figure out what film Andy B is talking about there, because I haven't got a clue. I think it might be a Coen Brothers film, because there's a there's some kind of insurance fraud or something going on. Okay. Oh, I wish I could remember things. Anyway, that's I don't think it's a Coen Brothers movie. Films. I think I would remember that film. Yeah. Anyway, what's interesting is you're saying like the racism is front and center. Yes. Um, what was weird about this other film, and I couldn't decide whether it was good or bad, was that the racism was just a backdrop, right? And you right. were kind of left to um, to interpret that yourself, kind of thing. Okay. So mm -hmm. I don't know whether that's like deliberately. Like missing the missing the point and just making, or whether that's a really cool way of making you think. I don't know, but anyway, <laughs> I don't know. It was interesting. Hard to say when I don't actually know what the movie is. Yeah, yeah, it was quite good. Okay, so you quite enjoyed it. I think so. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> don't know what it is. I'll though. see if I can look it up and figure. It out. I won't be able to from that description, though, will I? Yeah, so we watched all of that. There's ten episodes of that, so we we watched all of that, and we started watching a show on Disney Plus called Dollface. Okay. Uh, with Kat Dennings, uh, which is um, about a woman who gets dumped by her boyfriend and has to start dating again, uh, but also start hanging out with her friends who she's who she dumped a few years okay. earlier to be with her boyfriend, and now she's like. Right coming crawling back to them saying hi can i be your friend again and they're like maybe not don't know are you gonna dump us again so it's about that it's about a woman you know restarting up her relationships again with her buddies um really good very funny very insightful into into relationships uh yeah enjoyed that a lot so yeah i've been watching yeah that and them Sound of Metal, that's it. That's That's been it, basically. Right. Yeah. Did I mention last time? Oh, no, hang on. We, we finished oh, oh. Shit's Creek. All right, amazing, amazing. Yeah. Only, the only problem with it is that it does end eventually. I know. And we were, when, we, when we got to the final series, we were like, oh, we've got to slow down with this because it's about to end. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was bittersweet ending. 
bittersweet. Great, isn't I it? Think. Uh, and I realise you can buy. Um, there's a there's a fake movie within the TV show of um, Shit's mm-hmm. Creek called The Crows Have Eyes Three, The yeah. Crowening. <laughs> you, you can buy T-shirts with that on, <laughs> which I'm seriously tempted to get one. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. And also, someone needs to make that movie for real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, did I mention last time that we've been watching Lupin? Lupin? Lupin. No, what's Lupin? No. Lupin is on Netflix. It's okay. uh, French language. It's The best way that I could describe it is it's, it's like a heist movie, but as a series. Or at least it's kind of like the genre is kind of heist movies. It's not okay. really... There are heists, there are various heists in it, but basically, it's about this bloke who's, uh, he's like a cool criminal, like he pulls off really cool capers. Nice, yeah. Um, but the, so it starts off with just like the coolness, and then it, he gets, as it time goes on, he gets a bit more vulnerable and like make mistakes and makes mistakes and things, and you learn about his backstory, and basically, his backstory is that, um, his, his father, who was a house servant, they're a black family living in, in a, a white world, and mm. his father was accused of um, stealing a necklace um, and then committed suicide in prison. So Lupin is trying to prove that he's innocent. Uh. Um, and that's kind of what's driving his... Um, the, the criminal acts that he's pursuing at the moment. He used to be just a kind of con artist, but now he's he's on this kind of mission. Okay. Um, and he, he's just super cool. And <laughs> I love, I love like plans. I love a plan. I love it when a plan comes together. Oh, yeah. Plan, any just, planning, any planning it. scene in a movie is, is great. I love that. Yeah. So, yeah, all, all these kind of really clever things play out. It's really cool. The, the big downside with it right now, this is on Netflix, is that... Um, there are five episodes of it, and it it ends on a massive cliffhanger. Oh no! And they haven't made any more, but they they're going to make more. They said. But. Okay, and it's French, you say? Yeah, from, French yeah, from yeah. France, so or is it Netflix? Yeah, from Netflix. So it's a Netflix show. It's made by Netflix. Okay, it's it's French. Cool. Uh, it's the second made by Netflix French thing that we've enjoyed because we watched Call My Agent as well. Have you that's seen right. That? That's supposed to be very good. Yeah, I've heard that's good. It's great. It's really good. There's more yeah. of that as well. Not as disappointing as Lupin. Excellent. Ends a bit too early. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I highly recommend Lupin. It's um, uh, and it doesn't. You don't have to be high minded to to want to watch it in a, in a foreign language. You know, it's a because it's fun. It's a, sort of pulpy fun thing with a with with depth and heart but you know nice i like pulpy fun things with depth and heart <clears throat> yeah yeah highly recommended nice that's unless, really good unless you need a nice a nice neat happy ending because you have to wait until they make some more well, for that. we need a new sitcom to watch frankly so um right yeah now we finished shit's, shit's creek we need something new right well we started Dollface, so that's i don't know how many right. of those there are though Something like it's about half an hour time, long. I was going to recommend that time traveling New York thing, but you recommended that to me, so you can't have that. Time traveling? Oh, doll. Um, What's it called? Oh, Russian doll. Russian doll, yeah. Yes. There will be a second series of that, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know if that counts as a sitcom. Um, yeah, I think you could say. I mean, it doesn't move out of the location very often, does it? I think it's definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And every week is a kind of a situation, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Kind of. Oh, cool. I didn't know they were going to make another one. Ah, uh, cute. So, I, also, I've been listening to, I've been listening to this for a while, but it occurred to me, especially because uh, the presenter has been watching Shit's Creek. So, oh. she was talking to someone called David the other day, and she was saying, I keep David. wanting to call you David. David. <laughs> David. <laughs> uh, and he didn't, he didn't know what she was talking about. But, yeah, um... Uh, the podcast is Nomad Podcast. It's okay. quite it's quite interesting. It's quite an interesting history. It's a it's a Christian I guess a Christianish podcast. Um, it started off as being like a 
quite a kind of straight down the line Christian podcast. And then the people making it gradually became more, um, like it evolved in their thinking and became less kind of mainstream evangelical and, and now are like quite out there. Ooh. So it's, <laughs> it's like sort of very, a very, it's, a, it's sort of a very open minded thing, you know, and they hear from people with lots of different beliefs and, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're very open and, and, that makes it absolutely fascinating. You know, they're still absolutely as committed to kind of figuring out what life's all about and how to how to live life and how to live it. Um, but um, uh, but yeah, they they hear from people with lots of really different perspectives, and they're pretty cool. Mm. So that's quite exciting. Nomad podcast, David. 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 We've also been enjoying the Alexis song. I don't know if you've ever seen this. So, no. um, so she, the actress that that played Alexis, mm-hmm. um, has a song uh, all about Alexis mm-hmm. that she's done on a couple <laughs> of chat shows. That is very funny. <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah, worth checking out. Uh, that's all I got actually. Yeah. So now we've finished um, them. We're going to watch something lighter. And nicer, right. I think. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Right. Pretty grim. Yeah, but that's it. That's it. Yeah. Watch some Lupin. Lupin. Watch some Call My Agent. I think you'll love Call My Agent. I think I will. Yeah. Yeah. Another show that's good on Netflix is Emily in Paris or Emily in Paris. All right. Which is um, about a advertising agency, a young woman who works for an ad agency who goes to be like, uh, she goes to work in an agency that's been bought by the agency that she works for. It's mm-hmm. like a vanguard person, you know, mm-hmm, a friendly mm-hmm. face, and basically gets the cold shoulder from everybody while she's there because right. it's Paris, you know, <laughs> right. and she's an American. Um, on the surface, it seems fluffy and not much, but there's a lot more going on underneath right. than you think, and and. Um, if you can get past the first episode, which just which just seems incredibly trite, right? There's a, it's actually really good. Oh, um, that's cool. Yeah, it's worth watching. That stars. I guess I should mention who's in that? Lily Cole. No, no, Lily Collins. Yeah, is the lead in that. I guess I should mention for listener what Call My Agent is, just in case. Oh I'm yeah. Interested. Yeah. So um, it's it's set in a actors agency, like an, an agent's office for actors. Yeah. In Paris. Uh, in French with subtitles, and the the main characters are the agents, and they they're very different characters, and they live in this world where quite often like like they kind of they kind of have to lie to the actors to get them to do things, or yep. lie to the studios to get the deal, or whatever you know. So they they're in this kind of moral ambiguous world, and some of them are very very comfortable in that world, and some of them are uncomfortable in that world. And but yeah, you really really buy into all the characters. Even what's really great about it, and what I really like about it, and and some other things, including possibly Shit's Creek, is that you kind of dislike most of the people you meet when you first meet them. And yeah. You gradually grow to to love and understand them, even in all of their flaws. And I just find that really. It helps me grow as a person to understand people. People are wonderful, flawed things. <laughs> yes, 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 they are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then the characters in Shit's Creek definitely go through a, an arc mm-hmm. within the show. All of them do, yeah. actually. Even yeah. the supporting ones, you find out more about Absolutely. them. Yeah. Whereas a show yeah, like, rich. in contrast to that, a show like Mad Men, Don Draper <laughs> stays exactly the same all the way through. <laughs> He stays a womanizing drunk, right, right, right? And in the end, right. he writes the um, advert. He goes to a retreat. This is giving away the last episode, but it's um. Uh, in the last episode, he goes to a retreat at Big Sur in California, which is like where all these mm-hmm. hippies hang out, and you can go and have therapy. And mm-hmm. he has some therapy, he does some meditation, and then whilst he's meditating, he realizes, "Wow, I've just invented the I'd like to buy the world a Coke song." <laughs> <laughs> when he's at this hippie retreat, which is basically a, you know a bunch of hippies saying, "Come and buy some Coca Cola," and that's how that's how Mad Men ends. <laughs> it's, uh, 
<laughs> is Don Draper exploiting hippiedom for money? <laughs> Speaking of the final episodes, I'm still watching Battlestar Galactica. I haven't got to the, the fateful. I'm still episode. recording it. I'm saving I'm really it up it. to watch it, to binge watch it at some point. I'm really <clears> enjoying it still. Anything to plug? Um, no, nothing. You? Um, still working on my games mm-hmm. uh, website. So it's smallpixel.artificialworlds.net, which is spelt in a really bad way. Why did small I do pixel. this? It's spelt small, S-M-O-L-P-X-L. What it needs is like a really snazzy, uh, obnoxious voiceover small pixel pew pew sounds anyway it's a it's a little website of a few little fun games uh that are all free to play no advertising none of that you can donate if you really want to noise um someone did did i tell you one person yes donated. you did yeah. oh, i was so excited oh, i did yeah. okay um uh so but the real point of it is like it's a fun thing for me to I like writing little games but I want other people to uh learn how to write games using some of the stuff that I've made and yep. uh using those games as examples and I'm writing a little library of code that helps you write games in a more simple environment someone's actually sent me a game that they want to include on the site not written with my library but written in another thing mm. um so we're just talking about that hopefully There'll be another game put on there by Not Me fairly soon. Oh, nice. Really cool. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, I'm working on my next game, which has turned into a mega project and not a tiny little thing at all. <laughs> but, I, but I've set myself a target. I'm going to finish a whole level of a and make a fully playable game, and then I'll move on to the next thing. Cool. So that what that is is like an R-Type clone. R-Type is like a sideways-scrolling shooter. So you control a little spaceship. All these aliens come at you from the right. Uh, and you shoot them. Does it have pure pure get... noises? It doesn't have any noises. I haven't done any... none of my games have got any noises, which is a real ah. gap. Um, but yeah, I've, uh, it, it turns out. So what I've done is, it's essentially it's a copy of R Type. Uh, R Type is a classic game from 1986. Oh, what a great game! It's a great game. And yeah. I've essentially just copied it. So I've 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 drawn my own versions of all the aliens, but I've tried to make them move in the same way and all stuff like that. So it's kind of a tribute, you could call it. And it's also a proof that that you can write a decent game in, in this this library of code that I've written. Um, but yeah, it it really surprised me quite how much work they put into level one of our type back in 1986. There's a lot of stuff. How many going aliens on. they drew? Yeah, and all the different ways they move, and all the different rules for how things interact and things. It's, it's uh, so it gives me even more respect for how awesome our type is. Yeah, but it's meant that I've put more time than I expected into. My my game, which I'm calling Right Waves. What are you calling uh, it? But then Right Waves. Right Waves. Yeah. Right Waves. <laughs> I'm Right Waves. I'm Right Waves. Yeah. Uh, but it's nearly nearly ish done. So soonish there'll be another game on smallpixel.artificialworlds.net. S M O L P X L. Which um, yeah, that's going to take off. Um, which is going to be that. But there's a several quite fun games on there already. Excellent. Have a look. Excellent, excellent. And if you've got like kids who you don't want to put on one of these horrific advertising sported sites where you can't trust what's going to pop up next, plenty or of those around. Try and promote addictive behaviours through their money systems and all that stuff. It doesn't have any of that. It's just some fun games. They're not that addictive. Like like after a while, you probably get bored. Yep. Okay. <laughs> but hopefully, they'll be fun in the meantime. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> that's my highest ambition. Cool, cool, cool. But yeah, what I'd like is to have hundreds on there, you know, but written by all the different people, just loads of cool. All they're all open source, so you can look at the code, you can make your own versions, you can fix bugs in them, you know. There you go, listener. I think yeah, I think you big that up every time we do this. So listener <laughs> has no excuse. I have not. I haven't picked it up for ages. <laughs> <laughs> Small pixel. Oh, yeah. You heard it here first. Small pixel. Oh, actually, you didn't. You did? I mean, on this podcast. <laughs> on this podcast, yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely no one else heard about it, that's for sure. <laughs> it's just you. It's just me. And yeah. you, Andy. And me. Yeah, me, Andy C. Me, Andy C. Me, Andy C. Okay, I think that's, that's probably Sorry, it. Sorry, that's an extended advert. I think that's probably it. Is that it? I think that's it. I think that's it. Thanks yeah. very much. Thank you. 
See you next time.